0: This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, this is John Walters. Today's Sidecast is with Ellis Hobbs. Iowa State Assistant Athletics Director for Communications, Mike Green, asked Hobbs about his great Iowa State career, his NFL career, and his continued passion for cyclone football. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Ellis Hobbs. Welcome to our sidecast, Ellis. We're really happy to have you on here. Obviously, uh, Ellis Hobbs, one of the greatest DBs in Iowa State history, went on to a great NFL career. You know, we just want to thank you for coming on to our new sidecast. You came to Iowa State kind of recruited as a running back. Talk about your recruitment to Iowa State and made the switch to DB early on in your career. Were you reluctant? you know, to do that?
1: Well, first and foremost, uh, Mike, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, uh, hashtag Cyclone Nation is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I-, I wasn't necessarily reluctant at the time. Honestly, when I was in Pop Warner, I know a lot of fans out there know me from my Cyclone days, but going back in history, uh, I'm from Texas, and so playing football was something that was very natural to us. In Pop Warner, I played both ways, so often, fan defense. And so, you know, being physical, delivering hits a- as a defensive guy, and, you know, taking hits as a as a running back, you know, was something that was in my nature already, already a guy that was very physical. So um, I just wanted to play. You know, I think any young guy coming into college, you know, with so much social media involved, so much, you know, hype involved now in high school and, and pigeonholing you or into a niche position, it really is, um, I would say, a, a negative quality as far as, you know, what your mindset should be because you, you really don't understand or know what your capabilities are as of yet. You know, even as a quarterback. So when I came in and that and that option was given to me, it was presented in such as you know, me being a, a very versatile athlete, you know, you can give a, a lot of padding on the back end to where your athleticism will make up for a lot of the technical deficiencies. So I just went in with an open mind, and I think that's the best thing anybody can do. And I just soaked up everything that I could. And lo and behold, literally my first game versus Northern Iowa, I get an interception. And so here you here I am as a freshman, you know, playing, you know, running back coming in, literally – I would say, two, three weeks prior to the season starting, switch over to DB, and, you know, I was just out there having fun. i say the technical aspect of my game really didn't come in until my junior, senior year, but, you know, before that it was just pure athleticism. But, no, I was very open-minded and ready to play anything.
0: Well, obviously, you know, Ellis, it worked out, Great for Iowa State and for you because you developed into one of the greatest lockdown corners in school history. You know, played for Dan McCarney at Iowa State, and you know Dan McCarney is getting inducted to the Iowa State Hall of Fame in September. What was it like playing for Mac?
1: Man, Mac is you know in in our world you have two types of coaches, and so you have that coach who is very top level uh, managerial skills who knows how to run an organization, and then you have a hybrid. I feel of you know obviously you're you're a head coach, but you know, everything works from top down, but you have a guy who's really a player's coach, meaning that he, he really trusts and allows his guys, meaning, you know, his top guys, his starters, uh, his veterans, uh, those key pivotal position players, uh, on special teams to really run that team. And, and he trusts them to manage and organize them. And then his job as a coach is to continually motivate, continually work from a collegiate ranks to boosters, uh, continually work the, uh, the fan, um, the student body and, and really Continually get everyone to buy into the program, and there was really no one better than that. I personally feel for the job, you know, with Dan McCarney. When when that man stepped into my house in 2000 2001, I mean, just his conversation alone, the energy he brought in the room, man, he just made me want to be a part of, of Cyclone history. At the time, those guys were nine and three. I just came off the uh, the Insight dot com bowl, and I couldn't tell you just off the cusp who anybody was except for Ennis Haywood, and that was really because only because. He came from my area in Dallas, and so to see that, and to see those guys rally around him, you know, personally, and then as, as players, and really be motivated by the aspect of I want to win for this guy because he's put so much effort, so much time, so much dedication into to his, uh, you know, his game plan, his coaches, his players. Uh, it spoke volumes, and so more than deserving does this does this man belong into the Hall of Fame? Unfortunately. Um, when he went through that rough stand after we left, um, you know, business is business. But I still feel as if there's no one better for the job because, as you see, when he went off to North Texas uh, for a duration, he was able to bring that, that um, you know, that team out of the mosh And I think there are only, you know, so many coaches, a handful of coaches within the collegiate ranks, and sometimes the professional ranks that can, can do that with certain teams that have certain qualities that might not necessarily have the best talent. But they can get the best potential out of their players, and that was Daniel Cormier. Well, we're all
0: excited to have Mac back. You know, Mac came back, you know, during spring ball, and uh, you know, met with our current team, and he, I, I know, he was excited, and I think everyone, our whole fan base, can't wait for you know, for Hall of Fame weekend to have him back. Your 2004 season, you know, which was your senior year, Ellis, was kind of a breakout year because we kind of had a down year in '03, and the '04 season kind of started slow, two and four, and then and then boom, you guys rattled off four straight wins down the stretch and just turned around that season. What what are your favorite memories from that 2004 senior season you had, Ellis?
1: You know, hindsight, of course, you know, nobody wants to go through the trials and tribulations, but if you had to, you know, to pick out my favorite moments, it, it would be those trials and tribulations. You know, that's what really, I know me personally, made me focus in that much more and say, you know, um, when you're giving something of yourself, you're all, everything to to something, to a person, to a specific thing, you feel completely different about it because you're one with it. And so every waking moment, every really sleeping moment, I was thinking about how can I leave me personally a legacy with Iowa State because it's given me so much from the the community uh, the coaches, the program itself, uh, my trainer, uh, Coach Matt McGeddie and, you know, Roof or his assistant trainer, Coach Mac, like, what can I give back? And so when you're in that state of mind, you almost go crazy in the sense of where I just said something has to give. And so through that, you know, it just popped. Everything just clicked all of a sudden. I think it was because of the hard work that we had put in. And so I love the grind. You know, I'm that type of guy. It, it, it speaks of who I am right now. And so those favorite moments of, you know, being out in the summer heat. Uh, running, um, not necessarily knowing, hey, are we going to win? Are we going to lose? What's going to happen? But know that we were working towards a goal together. And within that, you know, when you're hearing nothing but just breathing and silence, you know, amongst the community because you're the only guys up there, you're the only ones in the sun at that time, there's a sense of positive of I know I'm doing the right thing. And if I just keep going, this is going to make sense. And so then once you have that and then, like you said, we wrap off those four, The other side of that is, you know, the times on the buses. Just to get our mind off, we were playing little, you know, dumb children's games, you know, hand-clapping games or whatever, but those guys that I was playing those games with on the bus, you know, one, took your mind off of the nervousness of the game or just the the heightened sense of awareness of the game for a brief second, but I stay in touch with those guys to this very day. And so I would say that the grind itself, one, but then two, the appreciation of the grind and the ability to enjoy ourselves within that was probably my second most favorite day.
0: I know a lot of cyclone fans really remember your career, Ellis, and I, you know I think why you're a big fan favorite is that your final play of your outstanding career at Iowa State basically sealed a victory for Iowa State in the Independence Bowl in two thousand and four. How satisfying was that for you to cap off your incredible career at Iowa State? with an interception to win a bowl game?
1: Uh, the culmination. It was really a culmination. Ironically, um, without even knowing that you guys are going to call me, I literally two weeks ago pulled out that old tape of watching, one, the Kansas game. Of I ended that game with an interception. I broke down that entire field because that's, that's who I am. And then uh, I broke down that Miami-Ohio game and that play again. And so leading up to that game, just to kind of give you a, a brief synopsis of what happened, I remember Coach asked my DB coach at the time now, the head, uh, head coach at uh, Rutgers. Both of us very young in our careers. Uh, I'm finishing my collegiate career, but he's young in his coaching career. And him and I were going over that play over and over again in the film room. And then when we got out to the uh, to the field and was kind of running through that play, I remember me jumping that route. Coach asked said, hey, if you do that, you make sure that you know what you're doing, that that play is there. And so – I had already had, you know, a couple picks that season and, and was very confident. And, and when you play that type of position as a DB, um, confidence is everything, you know, because you're going to get burned. You're gonna, uh, big plays are going to happen against you. So long as you have more big plays for you than not, then you'll be okay. But just the confidence I had in, in the film study, the confidence I had in my ability to catch the ball, set that play up. And so as they're breaking the huddle, I see the formation, and I'm like, there's no way that this play is about to be ran because it's just too good, you know, when you prepare yourself and you, you start to sense that, and as a player, when you start to see formations and kind of like a beautiful mind when you're seeing the patterns and, you know, people think you're crazy, but you actually can see and feel these things. And so you you actually see me on the film just stop. I don't backpedal. I don't move. I just stop. And everybody else is moving, and all that to me is just a distraction, a distraction from what's really about to happen and what they're trying to do. And so when you involve down and distance, it really makes you appreciate how fast you have to react in the game, how fast you have to understand, you know, the down and distance, the time clock, the moment in the game, fourth quarter, what they're really trying to accomplish in that. And all of that happens within a spur of a moment, second, and I just react once I see the ball. And uh, from there, it's just catch it. When I caught it, it was the most glorious feeling of all time. I get down there. I should have scored, but I think I was so elated that I put the ball up in the air. I actually got kicked out of that game. I don't think a lot of people understand that or know that, but I took my helmet off through it, and so I get ejected, put off to the sideline, and you know, a couple seconds later, you know, ball game's over with. Uh, we're Independence Bowl champion.
0: Oh, that's awesome, Ellis. You know, and and you obviously capped off your career being first team All Big 12. We're drafted in the third round of the NFL. What was it like to play for such a storied franchise? of the New England Patriots and probably, you know, arguably one of the greatest coaches in NFL history and Bill Belichick.
1: When you talk about that that aspect of the game or that level of the game, obviously it's a lot different. And so, you know, there's a lot more business involved uh, with you personally from the top level as well. But if you kind of reverse or rewind the tape a little bit from my junior year, I was walking into the design building and I got a call from my father. And somehow, some way, it led to uh, the fact that my mother got laid off. And so uh, we were going through some financial troubles. And things I had, I personally never asked for anything from my parents because I knew how hard they worked. I knew that we only had so much. And so when I heard that, I literally put in my mind and said, I know where the success is. I know how to to make money. I just have to go get it. From that day forward, I treated my career at Iowa State as a professional, and I really, really, truly believe it set me up for that draft night of when I was uh, drafted by the New England Patriots because I was already in a business mindset. And so when you walk into that type of organization already in a business mindset, it only accelerates, you know, the growth and mental physical aspect of a rookie because you've been already training like that. So you're literally just getting into the flow of things. And I think they recognize that pretty quickly. Obviously I had a learning curve um, just because of new defense, um, new players, new formations, new systems. But, once that occurred and I was able to kind of that life switch came off of that, I just got back into the same groove I did in Iowa State. And so you saw this, um, this acceleration of growth, um, you know, starting at the end of my or halfway through my rookie season and then literally never giving up that position unless it was due to injury. That team that we had, you know, from 2006 really to 2009 when I left, you know, there was never a time that I went into the game and didn't feel like we were prepared to win, you know? So whatever, you want to say about Spygate, or you know, two things about that. One, um, I'm not waking up, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, staying at work for twelve plus hours just so I can go out there and, and and cheat. Let's get that very clear. But then, two, I don't care who you are. At the end of the day, the game is played in between the lines. And so, when when you're when you're out there and you feel as if you're very prepared, you know that you're very prepared and how the game mentally moves so quickly in the nfl you know there's no way that you can do that without putting in the time and effort and and, and again and again and again you saw that from the new england patriots and it's a testament to their longevity of of, of being able to sustain the wins that they do um, obviously they're doing something right and, and uh, consistency is the number one thing
0: you know ellis one of your probably one of your great moments in that um, in your NFL career, was early on when you had a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which at the time was an NFL record. You know, kind of take us through that play where you kind of show the nation, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here to play, and you know, I can make it in this league.
1: Around that time, you know, we had some some cyclones within the NFL uh, prior to me. Other than, I believe, Seneca, you know, you had Reggie Haywin and those types of guys, but nobody had really kind of put a stamp or was really recognizable, you know, throughout. And so, uh, you know, no disrespect to them. It was more of, you know, like you said, uh, NFL records, things of that nature. So um, I just built a resume. I mean, I think that's what anybody wants to do. As a competitor, as an athlete, you always are striving for more. And sometimes your coaches, powers that be, have to kind of rein you in and kind of walk you through the journey. But I never lost my motivation or edge to really want to stand out and do things great. And so – my question is how do you do something great if you never take that risk? By building the resume of being consistent, never fumbling the football on kickoff returns, averaging twenty eight, thirty plus yards, and like I said, just being trustworthy. Um I had the green light with anything I did. I, I always remember being in the in the um you know, the the meetings prior to the game, so the night meetings prior to the game, and I would be sitting there with my special team guys, the other ten guys, and I'm saying, Hey, when I catch the ball never assumed that I'm taking a knee, and which I rarely did because I always felt, you know, I had the edge because I'm running faster forward than they are faster uh, coming down. And so with my ability to speed and, and being able to cut and understand, you know, how a kickoff return develops, I always had confidence that bare minimum I'm going to get to the 25. And if I didn't, there was always a good chance. Probability uh, was always in my favor. And so with that situation, that kick was actually a low-line kick. And so with, uh, as a kickoff returner, a punt returner, you're always taught to read the ball. And so because that ball came off so low so fast, I already knew that uh, the ball itself had given me an advantage because of the flight, flightness. And so it, all I had to do was pretty much out-leverage the kickoff team. And so once that happened, I knew uh, where my setup was going to be at. I just had to get to that corner. And, and thankfully, my speed got me there my ability to break those tackles and. I can't tell you, it, and, and anybody can get testimony to this who's been in this situation, of how many times I ran to the end zone during practice, catch a ball, run all the way to the end zone, uh, full speed, and literally the mechanics, the nature, the instinct just took over. And it was literally like I was just in practice, and and the speed and everything just took over and and just getting to the end zone. But it was a great moment in time, and Bill had come up to me afterwards, you know, great job, and uh, you know, like his boring self. But uh, you know, I knew if if we had a conversation about it, he was giving me the green light all the time because um, it was just just that sense of trust and uh, you know trustworthiness that he had within me and and many other players who who showed consistency like I did in those in their areas.
0: Now, Ellis, I know you touched on those great Patriot teams you played on, but obviously that 2007 Patriot team was really special. What was it like to play on a team that went undefeated? throughout you know the whole season what was the pressure like being around that team knowing that the whole world was was watching you um that had to have been tough
1: the pressure was there you know if anybody tells you it wasn't you know the alliance
0: it was a pivotal moment in the season when we played the Baltimore
1: Ravens and we got out you know a lot barely alive in that Monday night game I remember you know just thinking about how tired I was just being in the season so I already had a couple seasons under my belt but just that specific season was so tiring mentally, because here you are, you know, setting the bar so high in expectations, and here you got so much uh, of the season left. How do you continue at this pace? We had a, a bye week. Within that bye week, Bill brought us into the team meeting like he always do, it does in the morning. He had pretty much told us, hey, I know that right now is a very stressful time. I'm very stressed, you know, so because of all the man hours we were putting in, uh, he was mentioning how the wives are yelling at you at home. The babies are crying. Um, you know, the media saying this. They're thinking that we're done. You know, you know, we almost got beat. We're going to get beat by the Bills going into a divisional game on their home turf, you know, to come out of this bye week. You want to know what cures all that? And he said, just win. When you win, everything is cured. All the, everybody else, uh, turns to silence. And it was like a light switch for me, honestly. And I think because we were so focused on everything else, we forgot that when you win, everything else shuts up. And so literally at that moment within that meeting, if you could have, you know, put those into caricatures, you just see the cloud of doom just lift off of everybody because that was the key, just go win. And so literally when we came out there against the Bills, I mean, we just had our way with them. You know, I think we ended up beating them like 38-7 to or something like that. And it just solidified who we were, you know, who we were and what we weren't going to be. It was a great run, I think, at the very end. All the breaks that we caught during the season actually caught up with us in that Super Bowl, but I wouldn't take anything back because the the mental determination, uh, our ability to focus, the feeling that you have knowing that you have a chance to win every game and that chemistry that we had with that team. Not necessarily all the greatest talent, but we had some talent. Make no no bones about that. You know, I couldn't take that back because I used those moments, those times uh, within my current career. In my transition, and just something that I can hold on to for the rest of my life and, and appreciate. You
0: know, I think a lot of Cyclone fans don't know this about you, Ellis, but you know, after your career ended, you know, prematurely because of neck injury, you you got into Hollywood a little bit, and you uh, you were a producer of a movie called Last Fall. How right. did that you know come about? How did you know? Uh, how did that idea come about for you?
1: Uh, it wasn't actually an idea of mine. It was my wife, a suggestion by her. You know, uh, I think at the time social media was. Was um, not as st- well, definitely wasn't as strong as it is now. But people were using it to monetize and commercialize off of it on a on a lower scale, meaning not the big companies. And so um, she was kind of surfing through one day and, and saw this guy. and met this guy on there who was actually an ex professional athlete and turned into a director. And, and at that time, I was I, I was very aware of wanting to be around people who were similar to my situation. You know, got something taken away from, them, but they were. They were looking to, to, to better themselves. And so when I, the introduction was made by my wife via email, I got on the call with this uh, with Matthew Cherry, the director, and I said, hey, you know, don't try to sell me on a pitch. You know, just tell me your story. You know, even though the longevity of his career wasn't as long, um, some of the situations were eerily the same. How people, you know, perceive you, uh, what is the norm outside of the league, you know, how you're treated, you know, once you're outside of the league, and then all of the dynamics you have to deal with. And so I was like, wow, man, this is, this is you know, not necessarily just your story, but this is somewhat of my story as well, and I'm pretty sure thousands of other stories. And so it just went from there, and I literally, and this is what I mean by taking my career from the Patriot, um, my business mindset, you know, in Iowa State, and just transferring it into what I did then to where I never did forensics financing before, um, but literally finding out, okay, where where is certain budgets going, where's the money going, building budgets, uh, talking through things, uh, being a manager of uh, specific accounts as that movie is being developed, uh, having business meetings, having production meetings, all those things. I had no business background. I had no MBA. Still don't have an MBA. But the discipline that that's brought from sports really helps you manage through life and through business outside of sports, really unfairly because you have such an advantage because you're used to so much pressure anyways with so many people watching. And I literally sit at my desk sometimes and say, wait, all I have to do is send out an email. All I have to do is be on time, if not earlier. Um, All I have to do is show up to the meeting and be prepared, and nobody's hitting me, nobody's, you know, running into me, I'm not throwing up, I don't have the potential risk of paralysis, any of those things, you know, what am I complaining about? And so I just continually took that, grew into the position, uh, grew into my own. Now, obviously, I had the luxury and padding of uh, financial stability. All at the same time, you still got to have some sense about yourself, otherwise, you know, you'll, you'll be unfortunate like so many other stories, but a lot of my sports career, from Iowa State, um, really prior to that high school, DeSoto, Texas, DeSoto High School, and uh, definitely with the Patriots, uh, helped me transition into that and much more.
0: Well, Ellis, you've obviously been a success on the football field and in life, and one of the things you did while you were playing in the NFL was come back to Iowa State and, and, you know, get your degree. How special a moment was that for you?
1: Man, very special. Very special and very difficult, you know, to tell somebody, hey, I know you're making X amount of dollars, but now come get this piece of paper. And that, you know, inevitably means nothing, you know, monetarily, but it means everything from an accomplishment standpoint. I'm a big believer in accomplishing goals. I'm a big believer in setting goals. I'm a big believer in finishing goals. And so it was always my intent to, to finish school, and it's something that I never wanted to give up. Uh, because it, I can just add it to the roster of accomplishments. And so, uh, really building up 2008, 2009, I, I went to a local junior college, maybe, you know, about five miles, ten miles up the street from me. And, um, you know, just buckled in every weekend in the off season. And yeah, it was difficult sometimes. You know, I wanted to stop because it's like, you know, this is a necessary, you know, writing, writing 32, 32 page papers, you know, while being in the NFL is something that you definitely do not look forward to. And so when you're running around, you know, doing all these things, trying to relax uh, as well as train for the regular season because how mentally taxing it is to, to put yourself through that mental stress even more while you're going through the NFL from an educational standpoint, nobody wants to do that. It's been in my position. So uh, it was a testament to my determination, a testament to to truly how I wanted to continually add to my legacy and, man, to, to that much more to even walk across that stage and receive it. It was very fulfilling for me. I, My father uh, graduated prior to me. Uh, my mother, who has now graduated uh, with her degree. And so continually building, you know, the Hobbs Legacy 1, but then just, you know, building a legacy for, for future uh, student athletes, for athletes in general, for my community, whatever it is, just being a motivational person uh, in a positive light.
0: That's great, Ellis. Uh, you know, once again, we want to thank Ellis Hobbs for being on our uh, sidecast. And we have one final question for Ellis. Uh, and, you know, this was kind of for the Cyclone fans out there. How often do you get a chance to follow Iowa State football? And are you into it? And are you excited for the 2016 season?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I'm not a big social media guy, so you don't see a lot of it. But um, I actually try to step my social media game up once the season comes around because, you know, I, I watch every game that I possibly can. I get a lot of the games on Fox. You know, I think, um, you know, the boosters, um, just the program itself has done a great job, great job of solidifying, you know, these TV contracts, us laying the foundation in a couple teams prior to us or my, my generation, uh, really laying that foundation for these guys to be exposed at a, uh, national level. Um, now we just need to turn it into wins, but I'm always there rooting. If I, if I can't sit down with my t shirt on, I'm definitely wearing it on Fridays leading up to the game and or my hat. So unfortunate fortunate because I, I, I've been doing, uh I've been very busy these last two years, but I'm looking forward to getting back up there. If not this year, definitely for uh, the Seahawks game next year at ain't. But um I, I just want to say it take the time to to tell all the fans, the community, those who befriended me before all of the fame and glory, just thank you because you know you took in someone who who didn't necessarily come from where you did, took in a lot of us, and I think they don't uh people don't truly understand how much of a community Ains, Iowa is, and for anyone who's on the fence as far as going to that school that program for educational purposes or athletics, you have no idea what you would be missing out on if you choose otherwise. I'm so appreciative for those years that I had so appreciative for the time, so appreciative for the efforts put in to further me as a successful individual, i never wanted to be looked at as a, as a black man, as a white man, uh, especially with so much uh, pressure on that right now. You know, I'm very sensitive to those situations, but I, I just wanted to be looked at as a person who is trying to be successful and trying to further their career and whatever that was. And that's how Ames treated me and so many others. And so I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful for that. And I love to show support and, um, show my dedication to the program just as much as it showed me at the time uh, when I was going there. So thank you very much. I love you guys.
0: That was Ellis Hobbs, everyone, and thank you so much, Ellis, for, for having the chance to join us on this sidecast. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it.